welcome to the Odd Dad Elf podcast. Okay, yeah, I don't know if I can keep a creepy voice on the whole time, and typically that would require some sort of voice modulation, which I'm sure I can do here, but I don't want to spend the time to do it. I am Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad Out, and this week, if you haven't already figured out, I'm doing things a little differently because it's Halloween time. And I really love Halloween time. Around our house, it is essentially permanently decorated for the holiday. It is our hands-down favorite time of the year. It's the one time of the year that we leave the house and go out in public and are identifiable by our neighbors. And if you've heard us in past years, either me talking here about Halloween or during the mom and dad cuss days when we would talk about our trips out into the wilderness, which of course, because of, you know, I've talked about the food trucks and things like that, that we do, uh, are becoming more frequent, but this is the one night of the year where as a family, we go out and present ourselves to our neighborhood. And for the most part, Almost every neighbor has to confirm that we are the people from that house that they almost never see because nobody really ever sees us because we're the creepy witch people who live in that house and nobody ever talks. And when people come to the door, we tend to chase them away. We don't like our neighbors in a very general way. We're just not the friendly type. But. If you know me at all, if you've listened to the show for any notable amount of time, you know this. And if you've just stumbled onto the show for the first time this week, this is not a regular show. You may want to check something out or just subscribe to the show at odddeadoutpodcast.com and get the normal stuff, or at least understand that This week is going to be a lot of me somewhat geeking out, somewhat just talking about all of the fun things about Halloween that we love to do. Of course, let's just get this out of the way. Last week I talked about, I don't know what we were doing this year for Halloween, at least as it pertains to how the boys are going to be dressed and if we were going to be dressing uh, similarly like we do. And because I'm kind of a dumb blonde sometimes, yes, I have blonde roots, I'll admit it, uh, I forgot that we had already purchased quite some time ago full skeleton outfits for all of the boys. So the boys will be going out as skeletons with their faces painted and such and all of the fun things because... When you get a deal on skeleton pajamas in the middle of the summer, it's just really easy to plan for Halloween. So that's what we have going on. For those of you who were just waiting on that update, (laughs) you know what? I have a creepy laugh. I just feel weird doing it here. Isn't that strange? All that aside, in planning for the show this week, I was putting out some little feelers out on the social medias. I asked some questions of the people out there, wanting to see what gets you into the holiday spirit. What spirit? What gets you in that creepy mood? What puts you in the mood for Halloween time? And it doesn't have to be a scary song, but it helps. And oddly enough, I only really got two responses back for what gets people in the Halloween spirit. And maybe you can guess. Very different levels of Halloween here. Obviously, 
when it comes to Halloween and music and creepy and zombies, the number one answer I got back was Thriller. Because, come on, when Michael Jackson makes a song that lines up and is perfect for the Halloween time, that's going to be the first thing on everybody's mind. And I'm not about to question it. That is an amazing song. And if you don't agree, there's probably something wrong with you. Really. Because Thriller. Now, why did I say the number one thing first? Because it doesn't really matter because this isn't a list. There isn't a top five here. But the alternative answer that I got was so extremely different. They don't compare. Because the other, and I will just say it, the other number one answer is the Monster Mash. And equally, how else could you answer? It's either going to be Thriller (laughs) or the Monster Mash. Both songs kind of involve dancing. Both are way more upbeat. And you just glow. When one of those songs come on and you know those opening, the the effect, they both set the scene, the wind, the howling, and the leaves rustling for Thriller, you know, and the monster mash when you start hearing the, the beakers bubbling and all the, the electrical noise of the lab. You know what's coming and you just light up. You just feel that come that energy from that stuff coming through you. I I have both of those songs on a regular rotation in my music playlist. So it doesn't matter that it's Halloween time for me. It could just be Tuesday. And I could be listening to the Monster Mash. And my boys love it. It is one of those songs that comes on and they all sing along in the van on the way to school on a random day, middle of the summer. It doesn't matter. My boys are singing along to the Monster Mash, which doesn't surprise anybody in our family because we do have sort of a dark sense of humor and a strong fondness for this type of uh, season and this time of year. I have said before that our home is permanently decorated with skeletons and, and, and such just because we enjoy the decor. (laughs) I think I counted last nine different skeletal items just on our entertainment center. And we do need to dial that back and get some other stuff. But there are so many pretty skeleton things that it's hard to not buy all the skeletons. But one of the other songs, and I will give my wife credit entirely for this. Specifically, her favorite Halloween time of year song is called Looking for Dracula. Would you like to go looking for Dracula? Yes. Now to go looking for Dracula, we must go in disguise. You need first a black cape. Put on your black capes. And in your pockets, you have some fangs from Halloween. Put in your fangs. (gasps) What horrible fangs! And you also need binoculars so you can sneak up on Dracula. Are you ready? Yes. Looking for Dracula. Looking for Dracula. But I'm not afraid. But I'm not afraid. I've got binoculars. I've got binoculars. I've got my cape and my fangs. I've got my cape and my fangs. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What do I see? What do I see? A spook. 
Spooky Swamp. A spooky swamp. Can't jump over it. Can't jump over it. Can't go under it. Can't go under it. Can't go around it. Can't go around it. We have to put on the big rubber boots and go in it. Are you ready to put them on? Into the mud. Here we go. Let's keep going. Looking for Dracula. Looking for Dracula. But I'm not afraid. I would be knock you. And of course, they continue through the swamp across to Dracula's castle. And there and back, as you may have heard this style of song before. And it's to this day my wife's favorite. Halloween song, and she, much like me and the Monster Mash, has it on her phone and still will listen to it at any time. But that's not the only thing that puts you in the Halloween spirit. There are more than a few movies that are out there. And personally, I'm not too big on. The obvious choices when it comes to being in the mood for Halloween, most people are probably going to want to watch Halloween. And I'm probably about to get some backlash here. I don't like Halloween. I honestly cannot stand Michael Myers as a character. (laughs) Yeah, I just don't. I'm more of a Freddy Krueger person myself. He has a personality. The thing about it is, I still don't want to watch A Nightmare on Elm Street at Halloween. Those don't really put me in that mood. Slasher films and gore fests don't put me in the mood at Halloween time. That's not where it is. And it's not about being scared. Halloween shouldn't be scary. It's a fun time of year. Even if there's ghosts and monsters about and all of the fun other creepy things that are all over Halloween, it shouldn't be about getting scared. Or being afraid of a guy in a William Shatner mask coming to stab you through the door. So, what do I watch? Well, the big two, and I have heard the point argued and I have heard it argued on both sides. I'm still a dad. I'm also a child who grew up through the late 80s and 90s. And I'm a... Tremendous fan of A Nightmare Before Christmas. And you could say that I'm kind of a hipster in that I liked A Nightmare Before Christmas before it was cool. (laughs) I was watching this movie when it was new. We had it on VHS back in the day. Before it was the hot topic phenomenon that it is now. It was just an amazing film. And for those of us who just appreciated Halloween and Christmas and loved Tim Burton movies and Danny Elfman, (laughs) it was just, it's just a great movie. And the music is great. And you can watch it just for the music. I have the soundtrack on my phone and my boys know every single song by heart (laughs) and we also have all of the the redone versions when they re-released the movie incidentally this year is the 25th anniversary of a nightmare before christmas and the other big cult classic halloween movie that always Gets us in the mood around here. Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy. Hocus Pocus. Also, again, 25 years old this year. How do you not 
love this movie. If you love anything about Halloween, Hocus Pocus, and just the campiness of it. It's by all intents and purposes, on a objectively speaking, it's not a good movie. I don't care. Honestly, anyone who does is a pretentious dick. Yes, it's a weak story. Yes, it is full of factual errors. Yes, its own logic is kind of thrown in there to forward the plot. So what? It's fun. And nobody who's ever seen this movie and not being a dick will argue. It's hilarious. It is probably Sarah Jessica Parker's best film. I said it. Bette Midler is hilarious. Most people don't realize she's a comedic actress. Kathy and Jimmy was a rising star at the time. This was the same time as uh, the Sister Act movies. She was phenomenal. She was hilarious. She still, to this day, will be Mary Sanderson to everybody who knows who she is. And when they did the big anniversary celebration at Disney this year, she was the only one present, at least of the witches. And the fun part that when you're a kid, you don't look at, and as an adult, you realize how many of you, as fans of the film, and now being adults, probably having watched some uh, prime time police dramas are aware that the actor who played Thackeray Binks as a human is McGee on NCIS. Yeah. Only recently, I say recently in the 25 years of this film's existence, in the last few years found that out, which is kind of amazing. Also, incidentally, he didn't do the voice for the cat. That was somebody entirely different. But it was also one of the first big breaks for one of the best actors in the you-can't-see-him-under-all-the-makeup world, Doug Jones, who played Billy Butcherson, who was also the Silver Surfer, who's also... Abe Sapien, who is also a multitude of other characters in Guillermo del Toro films, you never see him really. But he's amazing. And he's a crazy, the way he can move and the way he can take over a character when you never see him through the the makeup and the costumes but you can feel that is a Doug Jones performance all started with Hocus Pocus yeah so going from the classics I want to talk a little bit about the Netflix reboot that had a lot of people curious, I guess you could say. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Not to be confused with the Melissa Joan Hart Sabrina the Teenaged Witch, although it is the same character, it is not using the same source material. 
just to get technical, the original series was a very light, fun PG uh, romp, <laughs> which was accurate to a particular era of the comics, which for those of you not playing along at home, Sabrina the Teenage Witch is a character from Archie Comics, which is currently being interpreted in Riverdale, which is a very dark angle being taken on those comics. It is taking the darker stories from the Archie universe. This version of Sabrina also comes from a dark series in the comics, also known as The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And to say that this is a darker adult version is an understatement. This is very evil. These are satanic witches. That is the angle that they are playing in this version. I lost track of how many praise satans there were in just the first episode. Seriously. Not to say that it's something that's off-putting, but it is just something that you kind of need to know going in. If you are expecting wisecracking Salem and zany antics, this is not your mama's Sabrina. This is dark as fuck. In the first episode, they make reference to wanting to eat somebody. In another episode, they straight up cook a child to serve to the devil. No bullshit. Yeah, but you know what? It's good. It is a good show. As long as you are not offended by any of that sort of context and that sort of of subject matter. But let's be honest, if you were going to be offended by that sort of stuff, you probably would not be watching anybody, the anything which, anyway. But just saying, this version is dark as fuck. And it's really good. The ants are so different. They are very similar to the general personalities. Zelda is still the stick in the mud and Hilda is still the fun one. But in this case, Zelda is the satanic Bible thumping monumental bitch. That you just want to punch in the throat. But, you know, that's that. (laughs) Anyway, if at all, if you were at all interested in what that might be, or you just want a spooky show to watch, I am really enjoying this show and I love what they're doing with the different elements of things. They, they are, they're showing more than you would expect them to show. There are monsters and demons, and in the first episode, there is a sequence with a scarecrow that's freaky as fuck. And that's just the first episode. There was a damn nightmare demon that got handled in a way that when you get to that point, you figure it out. You figure out how to get rid of the the nightmare demon the same way that she does and the same time that she does, but you're right there along with her. (laughs) All things aside, dark as hell, fun as hell, I am hooked. I will admit I have gotten a little bit behind on some things because I've been watching this show. So... 
check out Sabrina if you are at all interested in that sort of stuff. Or you like Riverdale, since it is technically a spinoff of Riverdale. Now, I am going to take a break for some promos, and I will be right back. Once upon a time, there was a gnome. Once upon a time, there was an elf. Once upon a time, there was a little. Once upon a time, there was a. Once upon a time, there was a. Once upon a time, there was a. Once upon a time, there was an old rock. Once upon a time, 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 and no one lived happily ever after. Fairy tales for unwanted children. Find us on iTunes or at periodically.ca. Need an escape? Vanish into the depths of a magic forest. Head out on an interstellar repair mission. Travel back in time to change the future. Explore inside someone or something else. Meet dragons, werewolves, birds, bears, aliens, mermen, and a man with a fishbowl for a head. All in 10 minutes or less every week. Tune in to 600 Second Saga for your weekly science fiction and fantasy escape. So this time, I'm going to do things a little differently, and I'm going to give kind of a rundown of other Halloween-themed or generally creepy shows that I listen to. This is by no means a... a a all-inclusive list. I'm very familiar with many horror shows and super creepy podcasts that I just don't listen to to necessarily be able to recommend because, like you know, if I don't listen to it, I don't suggest it. So that's that. Um, A lot of these are old standards. You could say. Of course, Welcome to Night Vale, which covers both the creep factor and my personal just sense of humor, because you've got to laugh a little bit, and sometimes the really weird, uncomfortable stuff makes you laugh. Along with that, of course, is their first spinoff show. Not really a spinoff, but the first second show from Night Vale Presents, Alice Isn't Dead, which especially the first season was super creepy. The very first episode of that show freaked me the fuck out. It got to be much more drama and and story driven later, but it was still a very dark show. Um, along those same lines, let's just get all the Night Vale shows out of the way. The first season of Within the Wires was creepy as shit. And again, I've talked about all of these shows before, but it's at this time of year kind of good to revisit those creepy ass ones. And the thing with Within the Wires is that each season is an independent sort of style. So that's why I'm strictly suggesting right now the first season because it kind of fits that tone more. Of course, going back to Poplar Cove, which is currently on break between seasons that I have nagged the creator about a few times on social media to the point where she actually called me out when she did an update episode because of the fact that I called her out on social media asking where the new episodes are. I'm hoping with the new format she's describing that I'll get to be a part of that show in the upcoming season. Along with that, we have The Unseen Hour, which if you missed that one back when I featured it the first time, is like 600 Second Saga, which I featured last week, a audio drama in sort of the lines of the thrilling adventure hour where it is a stage show 
except in the case of The Unseen Hour. A lot of them are reimaginings of classic horror, sci-fi, fantasy tales, all performed by three actors. And the thing about that is that there are maybe a dozen characters in a scene all performed by the same three people. So it's very different. It's a definitely a different style of doing things. Generally speaking, they don't have a happy ending, <laughs> but that's one of the best parts of it. <laughs> the last few I'm going to talk about are more for they're just fun shows that will do great Halloween stories. So, Twisted Philly, which is the everything Philly and horror. And it's it's very much a history, tourism, everything about Philly. And one of the things about Philly is that it has a very old history. And there's a lot of haunted history in the area. And so there's many stories about haunted buildings, especially around Halloween. She gets into those sort of ghost stories and haunted buildings. And Dina Marie is a big fan of haunted tours and things like that and so around this time of year she's really dialing up the spooky story factor so you should check those out also upping her creep factor at halloween is juliet from the unwritable rant every year around halloween time she brings out some of her creepier stories uh, haunted hotels in new orleans and and such. And those are always great because you don't see them coming. You almost forget that it's that time of year. And then she pops out a ghost story that just has you shaken. And it's great. And again, the way Juliet tells a story is just phenomenal and completely unique to her. So if you are down for those sort of creepy things, you should listen to those two ladies, especially around Halloween time. Last one of this list goes to my buddies Chris the Mole Man and Big D for their new show, Midnight in America, which is very similar to so many other paranormal and, and conspiracy theory and everything in the odd world out there midnight in america which they do live on monday nights they tackle all the aliens and the ghosts and the conspiracy theories and they talk to people and they discuss all the things but they're both very skeptical in things and they have no problem having a guest on and shitting all over their claims because they're skeptics and that's what they do but they're also funny assholes and so that's what they do. <laughs> but it's definitely a different take on the conspiracy theory, paranormal investigator sort of thing. Again, they're both skeptics, but they're both funny and they do it for jokes, really. But you get some of the history, you get some of the you get the behind the scenes. They're not just going to be jerking around. So Check them out. Again, that is Midnight in America. But there's a show that I have been waiting to feature, and I could not pass up the chance to bring this one up. This week's full recommended listening feature goes to Cyrenicide. My name is Matthew Finnis. And something terrible has happened to me. An event that has sent me traveling down a road I was never meant to be on. This is my story, and the story of countless others. This is a story of what lies in the shadows of Morston, Texas. Sirenicide is a serialized horror drama based in the wicked world woven in and around Morston, Texas. The criminal factions and dark government agencies 
are just the start of the malevolence that roams the streets of this macabre city. The tales in Sirenicide tap into the fear and lore that envelop what most would consider to be fiction. How much more is out there? Is every monster real? Hmm. Most tales are based on some facts. The production plays host to a plethora of popular personalities from other nightmarish podcasts. Oh, it's Lena. Lena Klein. Just a number now. That's it. Four, four, seven. I bet you believe in yellow eyes now, huh, boy? Thanks to the research team here at the Laughlin Institute, we have finally found the answer to beating disease entirely. What have I done? Kate, Kate, help me, please. <laughs> That's not me. His body is accepting death. Evil has reigned unchecked in this city for far too long. The main cast of Sirenicide's creepy, courageous, and curious characters evolve with the overarching story, but they also chronicle some amazing, self-contained, standalone tales. It's vile. Eddie, vile. Reporting live, I'm Margaret Sharp. Back to you, Dave. An operating theater. Well, more of a stage to showcase our talents to our clients. Look at me, please. We'll climb this mountain together. The original music serves the episode's atmosphere in a way that embraces and enhances each scene. uncover the dark secrets, evil murders, supernatural experiences, and mysterious doctors awaiting in this modern epic. Binge the show for free right now on your favorite podcast platform or at sirenicide.com. I have been waiting for a while to features Sirenicide. And I've mentioned it before that a lot of it had to do with acquiring that clip because they are very protective of their property. Little background, not so much on the story, but on the show in general. Sirenicide was previously a band. Played performed, characterized by what now make up the cast of the podcast. Johnny Stitches, Eddie Vile, the characters they created for the band, for their stage show, became characters for this horror audio drama set in what is very simply put, alternately named America. If you are familiar with Southern uh, Gulf Coast of the United States, you can easily identify all of the locations that have been renamed. (laughs) It's almost just a, a great game to play if you can identify all of the locations mentioned. All that said, not so important. But the fact that they were all a band is because every episode is full of original music. All original sound design, all original soundtrack provided by the band and the creators of the show. 
in the very early episodes, that was probably one of their strongest points when they hadn't dialed in the writing yet, when they hadn't dialed in the voice acting yet. The sound design and the music really helped you out. If you were the kind of person to get hung up on not the strongest writing, not the strongest voice actors, because they're not professional voice actors. Like I said, they're musicians. And some of them are, as the show grew and is now in season, in the second half of season three, where season three just took a whole new big twist and has gotten so crazy. But as the show has grown, they have added in so many more voice actors and so many more characters and so many of the characters have developed and grown into so much more than they were in those first few episodes. And, you know, it still follows that narrator you heard at the very beginning, Matthew Finnis, and his search for answers into what is sirenicide and to the point where no big spoiler here he eventually finds answers and the story opens up in so many bigger ways and it goes from just horror mystery into this deep dark world and you get attached to so many of the characters And at this point in season three, there are two things you can be sure of. First, there are no good guys. And when you hear them in what they call their ice episodes, their intensive care episodes, where they're kind of Q&A, they're kind of giving you some of the behind the scenes with the, the actors and the writers. It just becomes a case of how many bad guys are in the playing field now, and there aren't really any good guys. Even when you think someone is a good guy, that's not for certain. And you find yourself trying to find a side, trying to pick a side. Are you going to side with Johnny? Are you going to sign with Vima? Are you going to side with Doc? This doesn't help you at all. I'm not going to do any spoilers here because this is a story you have to listen to all of. And it's something I said with Welcome to Night Vale originally. The difference is with Welcome to Night Vale, you could jump in late and figure it out. The overarching story in Night Vale is light, and it's basically contained to a season. In the case of Sirenicide, although each season has an arc within it, the entire story from beginning to end is one continuous story. The end of one season directly plays into the beginning of the next. And if you do not listen to the very beginning, it does not matter where you jump in, you will be lost. I learned this because that's how I started listening to this show. I was originally turned on to Sirenicide through KD Burr from Southern Grimoire when I was listening to that podcast, which is still on break for personal reasons. Looking forward to that coming back, whatever she does. But when she was doing that and she mentioned that she was going to be featured in season three of Sirenicide, which I'd never heard of. And so I loved listening to her. So I decided to check out this other show that she was part of. And as soon as I started listening, and that was at the start of season three, and all I could say is, what the fuck is going on? I have no clue what's going on. I didn't understand. The show format. I didn't understand the flow, the story. I had no clue what was going on. And so 
I had to stop and take a step back and go all the way back to the first episode to figure out what the hell was going on, at which point I realized you have to do that. There is no two ways about it. You cannot passively listen to Sirenicide. You have to listen to it from beginning to end. And it took me quite a while, even though the episodes aren't especially long. But maybe in the the longest I've really seen for a regular episode is maybe 45 minutes. And it was a, a finale, a season finale. So those are big, important episodes. But they're, they're in the 20, 30 minute range. And there are several every season. You would say they're kind of like the filler episodes in like Supernatural. They're episodes that don't drive the narrative. They don't drive the main story. They just immerse you in the world. They give you a deeper understanding of the world that this story takes place in. Whether it's stories about vampires and werewolves, or maybe it's a flashback to the origin of a character, or maybe it is where the first time that Johnny met Doc. And those are, those really help just show you how deep and how much thought these guys have put into this world. And if you appreciate horror writing at all, I suggest checking it out. It is definitely something that has to grow on you. And I say that again because, and they're fully aware of it, that the first episodes were sketchy. They needed work. The writing wasn't the strongest. The acting wasn't the strongest. But they were trying. And they had this they had the frame there. They had the the skeleton there of what to do. And since then they have fleshed that skeleton out so well. That skeleton now has more meat on it than most of the characters in the show. And if you're a fan of the show, you understand what that means. <laughs> but and seriously, I did not mean to use the skeleton meat metaphor on a Halloween description, but hey, it works, so serendipity. But absolutely, you should check it out. If you are into horror fiction at all, I know there are many other shows out there besides those I've mentioned. I know there's No Sleep. I know there's We're Alive, I think is what it's called. There are a plethora of other horror podcasts out there. Give Sirenicide a shot because it is definitely one that will suck you in. And when the twists come and the twists do come, you will be shocked and you will sit there in awe of where these stories lead you. So check out Sirenicide at Sirenicide.com. Well, kitties, that is going to do it for me this week. I realize that it has not been a normal show. I have... You know what? I don't care. <laughs> Do I ever care if it's a normal show? No, but it's Halloween and it's fun. And that's what's the most important. So you can get the links to all of those awesome shows in the show notes at odddeadoutpodcast.com. Check out the full recommended listening list. There, including all of those featured shows, including Sirenicide. Bit of news coming up. November is National Podcast Post Month, which, if you remember last year, I 
took a shot at and got sick and cracked ribs and failed. I'm going to give it another shot this year. So that is 30 podcasts in 30 days. And I'm too stubborn to pre-record them. So you're probably going to be getting a lot of live shows. You're welcome. All that aside, here's hoping that I get through November of 2018 without any cracked ribs and with a full new 30 episodes, which I will probably spin off into a separate show feed later. But in the meantime, I hope you don't get too annoyed with me clogging your feed for the next month. But until then, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at OddDataOut. Email me questions, comments, just want to call me a piece of shit. Show at OddDataOutPodcast.com. And of course, all of the back episodes, links to subscribe on all your favorite podcatchers at OddDataOutPodcast.com. And until next week, thank you and happy Halloween.